There's no time to think of a clever intro. We've got so many comics to talk about. Yep, and we're just, we're doing it. Let's go. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. He's crying because I'm there happy. are so many comics. Joyful tears. I, honestly, I've never, I've never woken up, looked at the app, looked at the list, and and felt overwhelmed <laughs> because i mean talk about talk about the worst week to have skipped last I know, week's to have issues had new york comic-con last week and to not know because i haven't even didn't even look at what was coming this week we didn't last have week. this conversation because we didn't have an episode last right week. right and and you know sorry about that but also i had a blast in new york comic-con yeah. and new york comic-con was a whirlwind of excitement that we talked a little bit about in uh detail on our patreon so we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today so we're probably not going to go too in depth on new york comic-con so if you want to know more about how each of our days went check out our patreon yeah give, give us a rundown do you have a rundown lineup do you have of a... what we're talking about today yeah i and i want to be upfront. um we always go deep on the issues yes. and i love doing that know that this will not be like our regular episodes we're gonna we're, we're trying something new it's a it's a we're using the spark we're trying new things jordan anderson on instagram jordan said yeah pastry jordan yes this will be a planet size episode for sure for sure i mean if we if we even tried to do what we would normally do for issues We'd be here for like seven hours at least at <laughs> least with all, all right. of these issues even even if we high leveled the tie-ins that you know, arguably don't matter to the X-Men story. Oh, God. Okay. So, we have a total of 16 comics <laughs> that we have to talk about today. Have to. Get to. Have to. Get to. Want to. Are excited to talk about today. So, we have two issues of X-Men Unlimited. We've got Star Fox AXE number one, Marauders number seven, X-Men AXE number one, Judgment Day, X-Men Red Judgment Day, so X-Men Red number seven, Iron Fist Judgment Day number one, Captain Marvel number 42, a Judgment Day issue, Fantastic Four number 48, also a Judgment Day issue, Gambit number four, nothing to do with Judgment Day, Wolverine number 25, also a Judgment Day issue. Death to the Mutants number 3, Judgment Day issue. Here it comes, Immortal X-Men number 7. X-Force number 32, which is, you know, technically a Judgment Day issue. Not really, though. Eternals number 1, AXE, and Legion of X. Number six, Judgment Day. Wah, wah, wee wah. Honestly, I've I've enjoyed Judgment Day, but this week, I, I feel like Marvel is telling us they're done with it too. They're just like, just take it all. We don't care. We're, just, we're not. We just, we're just gonna throw it at you. We don't really want to talk about it anymore. We are don't you, really want to edit it anymore. Are you reading this? Are you reading that? I, I don't know. Just just take it all or no? I don't care. We made them. So before we before we go there, before we get into that business, would you like to talk about the, the news? news? 
I mean, tops on the list, I have New York Comic Con. And I don't want to go yes. through the full experience again. I mean, I would love to relive it. I'd love to be there again right now. They did announce next year's dates. It's the weekend after Columbus Day weekend. Oh, no. They which messed is, up. It, it's kind of a pain just because uh, I need that Monday to recover. Yeah, we did nothing on Monday. So high level, the announcements that interest me that were talked about at New York Comic Con. Fall of X, mm-hmm. Sins of Sinister, mm-hmm. Dark Web, Bishop War College, Captain Britain, Rogue and Gambit, and X-23 Deadly Regenesis. I wish y'all could have been in the room when I felt the excitement of them announcing Bishop War College because if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, you know that Justin has been dying for that title. Killing for it. He has been so ready Skinning for so people long. for it. Okay, you don't... <laughs> for someone who's <laughs> genuinely upset about the skinning of people, you bring it up so often. The only way to conquer your fears is to embrace them. <clears throat> I was afraid of public speaking and now I'm an improv master. Yeah. Okay, well, let's just avoid skinning people it's like quicksand it doesn't happen that often in real life we don't need to talk about it happens a lot in stories oh goodness war college i I, that was that was the first one that got announced too and i was not expecting it in that panel Mm -mm. that was the voices panel marvel voices and then all of a sudden we're like okay mutants are here it makes me wish that we were in the Women of Marvel, because we do enjoy going to that panel. I, I think do we love had, that panel. We, we had lost, cosplay things and lost on the show the floor. when I was showing Rod Reese, because yes. that was on Sunday. So I made a little surprise costume for Rod Reese. And yeah, we were we were in the midst of showing that to him and, and then changing. And we just lost track of time and missed the Women of Marvel panel. Of those announcements, which are you most excited about? Which are you most intrigued by? And what do you not care about? Don't have to answer all three, but yeah, they're there. I think there. most excited about Sins of Sinister. Mm-hmm. Most intrigued by Fall of X. What do I not care about? List them off again. Fall of X, Sins of Sinister, Dark Web, Bishop War College, Captain Britain, Rogue and Gambit, X-23, Deadly Regenesis. No, none. None of those fall under not interested. That's good. And also, I forgot about Dark Web. I'm so excited about Dark Web. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Oh, okay. Just waiting for me to ask the question in return. It's the only reason. You could just say, and I'm most excited about. Yeah, I could have, but this is a dialogue, not a monologue. Okay? I'm just, I'm here for the engagement. I'm here for the conversation. I'm here for you, babe. Listen, we don't have time for your sass. Tell us the answers. We have comics to get to. Most excited about is probably, oh, I want to say Bishop War College, but I think it's Sins of Sinister. I, you know, I have been here for Bishop War College as a title, but Sins of Sinister as an event is just what? All the details we got of these three new rebranded titles. I'm pretty sure we've gotten a couple of questions of this. I'm pretty sure we're going to have other titles in that time frame. Marvel's not going to be like, oh, we're going to just shelve our most profitable entities and just wait three months and not make that money. (laughs) And also just the amount of derailing of story that that would do. No, we're, we're going off on a journey with Immortal X-Men, 
Legion of X and X-Men Red, which honestly I'm excited about, but I'm also sad because those are two out of three of them are my favorite titles. But I think they'll still be oh, your yeah, favorite yeah. titles. They just essentially have different different story arcs. And it's in total it's gonna be what, ten issues? Probably one giant 11. size, they said, and then three issues of each. Yep, and then likely an Omega on the other side. Maybe a couple tie-ins. Who knows? We'll we'll find out when we get there. It'll it'll bloat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I'm most intrigued by, it's probably Fall of X, but it's also X23 Deadly Regenesis because mm. what? Like, yeah, what's, why X23? Why X23? What does Deadly Regenesis mean? Like, you're trying a little too hard with the name, <laughs> the legacy naming. And I think something interesting to point out on four of these titles is that they break away from Tom Muller's design conventions in the titling and a lot of people are questioning are are these modern books are they classic a la gambit yeah i mean well gambit has been really great so oh sure sure sure. maybe it's it's not a krakoan age book i think rogue and gambit has to be krakoan age because of destiny on the cover Mm. manifold was there and i think penance in the other side of her cape of wonders her cape of wonders uh ones i don't care about i mean i i think that I think I care about them all. I think I genuinely care about them all, especially after, you know, the the only one that's like looking at me, staring at me in the otherworldian face is Captain Britain, but I really loved Knights of X, so yeah. I'm here for it. I'm yeah. going to try it. All right, on to the MCU. We've got delays in the schedule due to Blade being pushed back. So everything kind of rippled a couple months backwards. And do we know why Blade was pushed back? It does not have a director. It was supposed oh. to start going in november but i believe the director that had been lined up dropped out of the project that's unfortunate so they're searching for a new director and they're going to reannounce that but everything kind of cascaded a few months which is not great because you know i love all that content right but also indicative of the fact that it's all tied together it's all building to something which is cool that is cool right that means we can't show you what happens after blade until you see blade right Werewolf by Night. We watched that on Monday. That yes. was really good if you that haven't seen awesome. it. Disney Plus, check it out. It's got that really awesome old school horror vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was really cool. Very exciting. Introducing monsters and monster hunters into the MCU. You know I love a monster. And finally, finale. Ooh. She-Hulk. Oh, we haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it yet probably gonna not be editing this after this because i want to watch that before we go on a trip again this weekend another trip another trip last but not least our poll oh so you all know that maybe you do i don't know i've complained about it once or twice we can only post four options in the poll mm-hmm. so I, I took this very specifically i was like what is the judgment day book of the week Gracoan edition so let's weed out the tie-ins. Well, there's an obvious winner. Oh, is there? Yes, there is. Yes. Wh- what's there the is. winner? What's the winner? Immortal X-Men. How how clear? How obvious is a that hundred, winner? Hundred, like 80% Immortal X-Men. 61%. All right. Which I feel like that's fair because there's three other choices. Mm-hmm. Legion of X number six at 18%. Okay. Taking Death to the Mutants number three at 16%. That was Death to the Mutants came out strong. The first three votes were for that. Oh. Which I mean, I, I would agree it's the best of the three issues. Oh, yes. And then Wolverine 25 with 6%. The bubs are there making a stand. The bubs. 
All right, let's talk about comics. Oh my gosh. Okay. Whoa, Nelly. So even though you guys, I took notes not on last week's issues, those I just read, but on this week's books, I actually took notes so that we can have nice high-level conversations about each of the books. But we're going to start with our Marvel Unlimited, X-Men Unlimited, number 55 and number 56. So number 55, we're wrapping up our Hellfire Gala story. It's big battle time, okay? We're taking on that evil snake man and it seems like deep down Hydra's entire plan was to kill Gorgon even though he can be resurrected. Yeah, I think the I think the big picture was to incite Gorgon to kill other people. Right, but then Monet gets Gorgon ready to attack them and his his power is deflected back towards him. The uh what is his name? Administrator, Administrator Percy. Administrator says, ah, perfect. Like Hydra's plan. I can go back and say it was a success. Gorgon is dead. And like that was what they wanted. And that's what those cool, cool sunglasses were for this entire time. Right, eliminating the traitor that left Hydra for the mutant cause. I gotta say, you know, it was a nice wrap up of the story. Highlight for me, savage line from Emma Frost. Oh, yeah. Set our former war captain over by the ice sculptures. (laughs) Ooh, burn. Yeah. And I I do love the character moments throughout this and Jumbo losing his mind over the fact that- you are not coming back in here dressed like that. You have tattered your clothes. I don't know who Cassie is, but she's able to transform clothing. Yeah, I guess. And- M giving them the no matter where it is that we fight you next, we will take you down. Superhero extraordinary statement. And that's and that's what we've got for our first infinity comic. Yeah. Welcome Look at to us the go. Look at us go. We're going through. And that's the end of that story arc, too. Yes. Written by Steve Fox, art by Alan Robinson, colors Carlos Lopez, letters Joe Sabino. VCs Joe Sabino. Joey Sabs. Joey Sabadocious. Oh, we got a new one. All right, let's talk about X Men. Hold on. There was there were two two quotes by Armor that I did really like in that issue as well. One where she was like she just really wanted them to say fastball special. Yes. Super into that. And two, at the end, when they're like, Oh, we're the secret X Men, and she's like, Why does that sound familiar? She's technically already been a secret X-Men. Right. And wasn't that wiped from their minds, though? I guess. Yeah. It was so Lilandra. Like, vaguely remembers it in the Vujade. depths of her soul. All right. X-Men Unlimited number 56. We're back to some adventures with Strong Guy and Madrox. But Madrox is kind of ruining the game again because he can't just have a nice guy's day out he's got to bring his baby to a nightclub in space i think the the baby was a a castaway with another uh dupe too and how it's it's funny this whole story lets you know how out of control madrox's dupes are they really have a life of their own they just do whatever they want and if they don't get reabsorbed he don't know Dupe's going to do what Dupe's going to do. And, uh, you know, I think if you really felt you needed to do something, why couldn't you send, like, 
get get your handful of dupes to babysit the kid in the hotel room while you went out. You don't trust your dupes. You trust your dupes with science, but you don't trust your dupes with the babe. I don't know. These seem like different dupes. To see the chaos that they have caused throughout this issue, I don't know if I would trust my child with them. Yeah, I guess that's true. They got themselves into some real trouble. The the ship is missing, and it seems like the Star Jammers have some role in that but we don't know what happens and we won't find out until the next issue i I just love this trail of discovery as madrox is finding out how upset he's made all the people on astar x and his his face is on the wall the fact that the star jammers are like no not you again yeah you're not coming in here not after last night even that's it even the alien woman that strong guy fights and then loves it's like uh, i don't know about Not, you guys no, i'm good there was too many of you and it was too many issue too many problems writer and artist jason lou colorist antonio fabella letters joseph sabioni that's not his name. It's VC's Josabino, Justin. Joe Sabino. You can't just take liberties with someone's name like that. Like adding VC's into the front. I think I will fight you to the death. Later. Let's talk about Star Fox. Okay. You know, I resisted reading this. At first, I don't think I finished it until after we got back from New York Comic Con because I, I just don't know or, or really care enough about this character, but it was pretty good. I actually really liked it. I did too when I got to the end. Like his plans to bring the surviving humans into the machine through the teleportation nodes, it's awesome. And we get some cool backstory on his relationship with his family, what it means to be this light side to Thanos' darkness. Mm-hmm. And, and really his maturity through this time that he's been in the exclusion yeah you know his optimism his idea that love will save us all and it's his duty and and you know really finding out that for so long of his life he just kind of kept putting that part of him off so that he could just go be star fox and be whoever he wanted to be and now he feels you know responsible for what's about to happen and and wants to find a way to to rectify the issue and then on top of that he's kind of making some he he's making some dirty deals yeah okay like he already started making dirty deals with our friend sebastian shaw but positive dirty deals positive dirty deals but he's basically agreeing to let someone who used to be the prime eternal back in the sea as long as this guy goes along with him i mean he's he's the ultimate negotiator it seems Mm -hmm. you know he's bringing people together around the table and accomplishing the things that need to be done because he's he's fixing this problem short term and uncle zurus yes who was the prime eternal and did a solid job as the prime eternal seemingly at least from what i gathered from the eternals run until thanos took over and then druig took over but I think it's a positive move for everyone involved. He's using his power for as long as he has it for a really positive way mm-hmm. and and disrupting the way of the eternal people to have all these humans, these flat scans, these mm-hmm. these people inside the machine. This is unheard of. This right. is almost like resurrecting a human with Krakoan technology. But this is what we have to do to save them. The spark. Try new things. Ugh, the spark. It's all about the spark. All about the spark. Yeah, I got a hats off to Kieran Gillen just by how many issues this man is writing. Oh my gosh, so many. So many of these. Written by Kieran Gillen, art by Danielle Di Nucciolo, 
Colors by Frank William. Letters Josephino again. Wow, Jesus. on the printed page, Josephino. Wow, I'm I'm so excited. Look at him go. Go, He's Joe. A star. Go, Joe. Go. Do you like have the any GI Joe song? So you really? Oh, this was something that I thought. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh, progenitor decision oh, on this issue. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. I'd agree. Thumbs up. I was. Thumbs up and I was middling. And I don't know why. I was just, that was preconceived notions. But, you know, it yeah. proved its value. It yeah. proved its worth. I liked it. And I liked the tone of it. On to Marauders number seven. Marauders number seven. Oh, you know what we should do? Let's do, sorry, Star Fox. Let's do a ceremonial page turn noise for all of these comics. Here we go. For the 16 issues of comics we talk about today, here is your very long, very excited page turn noise. Excuse me. <laughs> I can't get it on the page turns. There's so many pages I to turn. I think you need to just stop what you're doing. <laughs> the page turn noise is my thing. Everything is your All thing. All right, fine. We'll do it together this one time. Do you understand me? One time. You, do. you don't do it again after this. VCs no. page turn noise. Oh, my God. <laughs> now you can't do it. You, you, it's vetoed. I take it back. Null and void. I'm doing it by myself. Oh, my God. How many pages? Shh. It's my time to page turn noise. I feel you going to do it. <laughs> I like, feel you looking at me like you're going to do it. we don't have time for oh this. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, it happened. It's a bit, People know. are listening to this like, what the hell is going on right what now? What is happening what to is those happening? two? All right, Marauders number seven. Big swings and a number of plots cooking in this. You, you have to admire a long game plan. I Brimstone, do admire a long game plan. Cerebra, the thresholders, and now horsepower coming in. Like This is a lot going on to try and extend. We don't know how long this will last. We don't know how big this story can be. But what like a big it, it's and i feel like that's to its detriment almost is that it's doing what sword built into x-men red for mm -hmm. and creating this centuries old society in the iraqi people versus the thresholders and all that lore plus other plots not even connected to that right and i think i can appreciate the arc of that story i can appreciate the detail and the 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 planning behind it and when we were at the marvel voices panel steve orlando did did say you know this all started with a box and it's all gonna come back to the box so that at least gave me a little bit of hope and and excitement about how it could all tie in mm -hmm. but i still felt confused in some points of this there's really only one point in particular what it is I'll tell you it when, when, you know, as we're talking about it, we get to it. Because we're starting out with Lockheed and, you know, a glimpse into the brimstone love situation. And then we get to our team and they're like, this is, you know, brimstone love, cool. Cerebra, cool. Then the team is all the way in the middle of a battle. And that's where I start to, to lose it because like, I don't know why they're in this city called Captain America and who this dude is that's joining in, but they seem to know. Horsepower. And this is 
This is technically his first 616 appearance. He was a mutant that first appeared in the 2099 storyline with Cerebra. Okay. So I guess that's where I was like, wait, why does it feel like I should know who this person is and I don't know who they are at all? Because that's kind of Steve Orlando's bag. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, hey, here's a deep cut that you didn't know that you should know and maybe you don't even know. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like I have a new appreciation just because we got to meet him a couple times yeah. and talk to him. Really nice guy. Yeah, he's funny great. guy. Uh, you know, I just I I still want to enjoy the book. And I, I feel like, do. you know, of the issues that have been lately, I really like the Judgment Day tie-in. I enjoyed this one, and I feel like it's actually solidifying where the thresholders are going. Mm-hmm. It's on the ups. It's on the ups. But let's crack open that drive and let out a trio or uno of mutants yeah, all tied together. It's, it's one mutant with the ability to house the other th- the other two. And I do think that this, as a concept, and this story point is really interesting that... These three were essentially, you know, when they say, oh, these three mutants of Threshold were were chosen for their skills. Not, not their maturity. For their m- maturity and not for like, you know, their necessary relevance to society or sure. anything like that. It's like the skills that they have, the powers that they have are the only way that they would be able to preserve themselves and their you know their history for whoever it would be that found them and this idea that for them all of this war and all of this turmoil was just moments ago like they've just been inside this drive inside this one mutant for a thousand years but to them you know they're doing the sanderson sister what year is it yeah it's been even more than a thousand years right yeah it's been a long long time also, it's cool to kind of understand Cerebra as a character and know that she is, is essentially like a replacement for the five or a backup for the abilities of the five. In and, theory, right? right. And, and that's they parse through this in a couple of the data pages is try to analyze try to analyze what her powers are and what she can bring to that process that she can kind of house almost the way that a Cerebro unit can, but more of a connection to the DNA and the genes themselves versus just data. Yeah. But she has limits because she's a mutant and she's not this Shi'ar diamond powered hyperdrive giant history lesson and the threat that took threshold on the unbreathing. I love how Nova Cassandra Nova doesn't trust any of it. Cassandra Nova. She's still up to something. I think so. I still believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I don't remember where it happens in the issue, but I need to call up the fact that Bishop, Rachel, and Cable have a meetup and they're taking bets on when apples will go extinct. <laughs> and Bishop invites Cerebra to that. And like, what's an apple? <laughs> I, just, I feel like you have so many displaced time mutants, all from different times, all from different futures, now finding community in their lack of knowledge of what's going on what's here. What's happening here on Krakoa. Yeah. The art's growing on me. Again, I feel like the title is growing on me. And maybe it's just because I want to. I want to enjoy it. I want to like it. And I said that, I think, for the last... The last... It was the issue five of Legion of X is that mm-hmm. I want to like it more than I actually do. And, you know, these... They're the two problem children in my mind as Marauders and Legion of X. Yeah. I mean, I think 
when maybe judgment day settles down, I can have a little bit more brain space to, to really take in. I think I love the number of books that we read, but I think sometimes with that number and with a book like this that takes so much brain power to really process, sometimes I don't have the capacity to do it in the way that I think I would if we were just reading like three or four titles a week. Well, yeah. I mean, this week was unheard of. I've never, I, I said it to Chris, it was like, this is a new high score for the amount of money I've spent at the shop in one week. Yeah. Not something I'm trying to beat. No. But we find out the secrets of sibling bacteria, Archaea and Sublime, which I don't know that I know Archaea, but I do know Sublime. And that's interesting to see how that unfolds. And, and the fact that, again, deep cuts, trying to thread. These are characters that existed before this issue. Sublime, yes. Cool. And I, actually, I think both of them existed. And the fact that they're warring bacteria, Sublime took over a human form and was influencing some other things that we'll, we'll talk about when we have more reason to talk about. Okay. How do you feel? Did you, was that answering any of your questions? No. Okay. I mean, well, kind of. I guess the the first character, what's his name? Horsepower. Horsepower. That that answered that for me. That makes sense as to why it had the story had a familiar familiarity of that character where I felt lost because it seemed like it was a reference to something that I had missed. Well, and it really like other than the I think it was the twenty ninety nine Exodus number five when the X Men were there. That's the only Tolkus is his human name or or non mutant name, mm-hmm. and that's a different version of the character. So this is technically his first appearance in the 616 and they're just responding to this happening and they're they're trying to you know they're doing what marauders do they're trying to save a situation they're trying to rescue their mutant even though the mutant doesn't want any rescuing and it's actually the humans that are kind of in trouble because this guy does this professionally for the likes. Mhm. And I mean I'm I'm interested to see where the threshold story goes. One of these three is on Bishop's team in War College. Oh, cool. I believe it's a mass. Is that the one who can bring them all together? Yes, I believe so. Cool, 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 cool. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one a middle. I'm not gonna say thumbs up or thumbs down. This is Reserving neutral, judgment. Neutral thumb. I agree with that. I, it's I'm like at a three quarters. No, I think I'm at a fifty percent. I think I think we're like and and that's an improvement. Mm-hmm. I'd say the last issue was a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. The one that tied in, the one that had the little character stories, yes. that was thumbs up all the Hard way. Hard thumbs up. All right. AXE okay. X-Men number one. Yes. We got that fierce, fierce Jean Grey in the North Pole on the cover. Mixed reactions to this from people that I talked to about. Oh. Yeah, I loved the art in this. I thought oh the art was God. like painterly so beautiful. Good. This was just so fluid, so just captivating. Uh, yeah, I liked this issue. We're still deep inside the depths of the celestial. We're still doing our best to take it down. Yeah, we're getting a little status report and further exploration. More sinister pissing off everyone. I love it. The power of Jean, the depths of her test. I love sinister saying I'm all... I'm all about making brand new, exciting mistakes. Yes. That's the scientific method, friends. Yeah. 
like that image of Jean holding the fire back on either side. Yes, it's really gorgeous. The art is so beautiful in this issue. Even the, the flashbacks too, and yeah. having that kind of like washy feel as we go into. So this is essentially her Judgment Day issue, right? Mm-hmm. We're diving into her history in the same way that we did with Tony last time, and the same way that we're going to do with Cersei. No, Ajax on the other side. And and Tony needs to take a chill pill for me here because he's putting way too much pressure. Like, so he's he goes through his judgment and then he makes this realization like, oh, we're still being judged even though judgment has been passed. So that must mean there's still a chance. So if you're one of the people who hasn't been judged yet, it's up to you to make sure that we pass. It's like Gene yep. constantly, and I think that's kind of what this judgment is really about is that this weight of the world is constantly put on her shoulders. The weight of the broccoli people will always be on her shoulders. I'm sorry, what? The Dabari. The broccoli people. They look like little broccoli. Those are the people that the phoenix destroyed? Yeah, when it consumed the sun that obliterated their planet. The broccoli people. And, you know, I got to hand it to Jean in this issue. People keep saying to her, like, do you need help? Do you whatever, like, as she's going through? And she's like, no. I'm Omega. I got this. Back up. I got this. I'm going to have my flashbacks. I'm going to travel through time. I'm going to battle myself and and the Phoenix rage within me. I love this page, this battle formation against the Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Dark Phoenix formation. You know what to do. Get obliterated. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Scott. Oh, man, and this, too, when she's at the Quiet Council table and she can't raise her hand to stop. Oh, my God. She's pinned down. That's It's a, it's a little Jesus-y. Sure, yeah. I mean, and it's also that has connections to the Phoenix, these ideas of rebirth, these ideas of not necessarily a messiah, but a godlike figure yep. in mutant history. Yep. And just... The regret that she has not being at the council table because she thought she was doing the right thing by joining the X-Men, by being able to save people. But really, she could have done arguably more good sitting at the quiet council and not letting the villains essentially tip the scales. Yeah. But maybe, maybe not, you know. Well, I don't think I don't think Jean would have been able to be swayed by Mystique. I feel like she would have been on the other side. She would have been one of the votes that would have been for the people right but then i think mystique would have planned for that because she would have known right so it's a questionable balance really the quiet council is a very unpredictable place but i also understand why gene is struggling with that because of the same idea that people have this layer of responsibility laid on top of her that she's supposed to be the one that saves them but she you know, throughout this whole issue, she's struggling with the idea that no matter what she does, it's not enough, right? Never. So make you're never done. You're never done. That's an um, inside Comic Con joke for Dan, uh, for Dylan and Chandler. I just was about to mesh their names together and call them Danler, but but yeah, like even even so, even thinking about being on the council, it's like she made that choice to go fight for you know, being an X-Men and to, to choose the fighting instead of the sitting at a table. And, you know, she could potentially be feeling blame for making that choice. But if it had been the other way around, she might be feeling blame in that aspect as well. So it's really this idea that, you know, when you are a person that people put on a pedestal, sure. you really can't 
make a choice that's going to be the right choice it's for always going to right it's never going to work for everybody it's always going to make one side mad or another side feel disappointed mm-hmm. i loved that sinister and wolverine were pulled into her visions and one who envies you one who adores you mm-hmm. and i just i thought that that was really interesting their dichotomy in their relationship to gene yeah and also just getting a deeper dive into uh, Sinister's view of Jean and this idea that he does envy her and that he's tried to recreate her but he could never recreate exactly her. Yeah. But she's coming for the celestial in the end. And she mo- is. just more beautiful art. Just yeah. over and over. Beautiful, beautiful art. But she she is ready to take down. I'm going to annihilate the hypocrite to judge me for not being able to ever overcome this weight of having killed the Dabari people but you're literally killing everyone around you on earth because who, right. who you're put just, you? You're just destroying worlds because you think that you are this all-powerful being. I mean, he is Celestial. So. Yeah, mar, mar, mar. But she, now and forever, is the Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. Does Echo dying mean that the Phoenix is up for grabs? Because I'm pretty sure Echo died in one of the Judgment Day issues. I don't know. And I mean, you know, Phoenix dying is kind of an oxymoron because... The Phoenix never dies. The Phoenix never dies. Where are we? Oh, thumbs up for sure. Thumbs up for sure. Hundred percent. And also, I really loved this ending bit where, you know, Jean's getting mad and Wolverine is like, "Listen, listen, it's not over because Jean's an A plus student. Yeah. She's not used to failing yeah. tests. It's like so. she just got an A minus, but actually, she got an F. So it's not gonna go well. She's gonna ask for a redo. Um, excuse me, progenitor. Can I get extra credit? I'm going to need a makeup test, please. On to the book of last week. <laughs> the book of last week. Oh, man. Oh, I don't think I can talk about this book. You have to. Can we go? We're going to go through this one a little, a little more old school, traditional, but not too much. Just a little because, oh, it's X-Men Red and it's a big one, folks. So if you if you need a moment, just pause the podcast at any time. Take a moment for yourself. And let's dig in. X-Men Red, number seven. I love this cover. Oh, yeah. Storm, I mean, you amazing baddie. Destroying all of the accessories, the accoutrements on the cover. It's beautiful. I'm I'm sad we don't actually get this fight. I mean, obviously, you know how it's going to go, right. arguably, based on Iska's powers, but... Yeah, I think one day we'll get it. Sure. This was just heartbreaking, though. I We're, we're starting right at the top, and I have to tell you, I, I cried. Like, yeah. real cried oh, yeah. reading this. And I knew that I had to finish issues, so I powered through, but I really wanted to just sit and sob because these pages are so heart-wrenching. We're picking up right in my place of denial, right where that sad, sad song Curls requested came on in. Yeah. The arms of an angel, it's happening here. And Storm was just cradling that Magneto. And they're both just in tears not i love that i said rest not give a soliloquy yeah that's awesome yeah this moment between the two of them is 
really, really beautiful. And and just the message that he gives to her to watch Charles to right. the his concern for what he's leaving behind in terms of the leadership of Krakoa, mm-hmm. the sharks that are swirling around him and just the good person that he tries to be and will ultimately be overwhelmed by. Yep. Blanchina asked, is Fall of X the fall of Xavier? And I do believe so. I do mm. believe that that's what we're getting teased here on this page where he's sitting in the quiet council by himself and Krakoa is in the background. This, I feel like, is the fall of X. It's not the end of Krakoa. And if it is, I don't believe it. It's just the fall of Xavier. That's a great, yeah. It's the fall of the old guard. It's the fall of what was the initial intention of Krakoa. And it's a full-on shift. What started with Inferno in bringing in the rest of the council will now fully be complete Mm -hmm. with Xavier likely leaving the council. And if Magneto is going to die, I mean, you might as well. Just kill him. Just like I won't cry when Xavier goes. (laughs) That's not true. I might. But these just these little moments here of Magneto seeing his daughter and telling her he'll be right there. This was it. This was the real kicker for me. Yeah. That was the real stab in the heart. You cannot wish us away. You cannot ignore us. We are your children. Magneto. Magneto. On to Iska. Oh, Iska, you little butt face. She just makes me mad to see her here. Yeah. Get out of here. You don't get to be on our fallen battleground. We are recovering from the loss of our people and our friends, and you are a part of that destruction. And then, you know, and everyone's upset with her, and everyone can't deal with her, and everyone wants her out of their face. And then that, that group walking in, the night seats plus storm. So good. Yeah. And to just fight against what she is. Roberto's lines of calling to Genesis. I wonder what uh, she was doing just sitting around for a thousand years. Yes. We we get a little we get a little of the tussle. A little tussle, but Iska's like, don't go there, Storm, because you know what will happen. I'll take you down just like you, I did previously when we were play fighting. Knowing we would lose, we'd fight anyway. Let's just celebrate this art. Yes. Because, let's just. Whoa. And also like that's what's so epic about this book and so epic about Storm and just the legacy that X-Men Red is creating. These, This is the group that's just really sticking to this idea that it doesn't matter what the outcome is, that you have to make a stand. Mm. And you have to be, you have to stick up for yourself even if you know that you don't have good odds, right? Yeah, you have to fight anyway. Right. And, and that's the Iraqi way, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to retreat. Maybe a, a tactical, you know, right? Right, just, strategy. Yeah, trying to live to fight another day where you can shore up your defenses, but no. And the, then Fisher King. The challenge. For the win. I challenge you to a contest of understanding, Iska, and the winner is the one who most truly understands the meaning of loss. Iska's face yeah. in this moment. But what do you mean? What a what a difficult and just, you know, twisted, trapping contest. Right. And that's why she resigns from the council. Right. She can't because she can't lose. How can she lose? She can't lose this challenge, so she must step away. She must yield. I guess technically is a loss, but whatever. Right. 
and we're trying to to understand her in a deeper level with this data page. But at this point, I'm out on you, Iska. Yeah. Sorry. You know, we'll see. I, I am worried about her going off into space and then who is she going to team up with? Abigail Brand. Right, yeah. Please, no. Moira. Like, <laughs> I love that she's judged by Tarn, though. Yes. That Tarn is her judgment. And she passes still. She can never stupid, lose. Stupid, stupid powers. Also, can we just talk about the crinkly, wrinkly mess, know, which is she, Aura Serrata? She looks so dilapidated. <laughs> She's a little deflated. Someone needs to pump her back up. The little headless baby on her eye is sleeping. God, that headless baby. And Storms takes the seed of loss. And I really like this idea that, you know, I think we talked about this in a previous issue of X-Men Red where we were saying their old traditions are kind of on the way out and their new traditions are forming. And this isn't how you would normally get a right. seat, but that doesn't matter. This is how she's getting the seat now. Right. She's honoring Magneto by taking the seat. And to loss. move her power over to Lotus Logos right. and, and what that means for these people, it's just they're evolving in the necessity of facing new challenges and wanting to be stronger for new ways just mm-hmm. because it's not you know they, they've been drinking that spark right everybody's got that spark oh look it's a title page almost at the end of the issue we haven't been talking about these creative teams have we some of them not all of them sorry oops well you want to say these now that we're here on this title page written by al ewing art by stefano caselli colors by federico blee and Fersi fuente sujo Letters, Ariana Maher. And production, Ariana Maher. It's Letters. It's VCs, Ariana Maher. Chad told Ariana about our oh, VCs Chad. conversation, and she laughed. She so. thought it was funny, so that's something. Oh, this tease. Come on. Oh, my God, this tease. Al Ewing can spin greatness out of a tie-in. Yeah. To, like, like, these have not even been tie-ins. They, they have been because they have dealt with the destruction that is Uranus, but everything about them is just setting up everything to come well, for just, x-men this title Red. is so good yeah it's i think it might be my favorite one it is it's the best one immortal is a close second but i just feel but like red is the best i mean and uh, i loved this issue this week's issue of immortal i thought this week's issue of immortal was pretty great but still i'm gonna go with red is the best and so what's happening here is Cable and WizKid are spying on Abigail by having a duplicate of her computer so they can see what she's doing as she does it. Because the, the keep, right, is a duplicate of the peak. It is created by Jamie Braddock as this identification and copy birthed out of his stomach. Oh, right. And so when one is doing something, the other is kind of connected. So they're able to spy on her without actually hacking. And the, the face that Cable makes as he realizes what's been happening. Oh, God. He's so angry. And like, I just want to know what it is so bad. It's got to be her dealings with Orcus. It's got to be. The truth comes out is our next issue. Ooh, baby. I can't wait to watch Brand Burn. Thumbs up, baby. All two thumbs two up. Two thumbs up. Three thumbs up. Four thumbs up. Four thumbs up all around the table. Oh, God. All right. Take a breath because it's time to talk about the 10 issues that came out this week. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, do we need to talk about the three tie-ins that aren't actually X-related? We're going to say what happened. I'm going to, I'll read my little summaries and that'll be what it is that we say about them. Because we, What was your favorite of the three? 
what were the three? Iron Fist, Captain Marvel, oh, Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. Iron Fist. It was Iron Fist, hands yeah. down. That actually had a story that wasn't just, hey, thumbs up, thumbs down. Like that had character development. Yeah. I, I felt interested in Loki and the you Iron know Fist I was story. In Loki. Like that was easily the book of these three. I was not really interested in the Fantastic Four story I previously. Can't with that story. You know, but that was them working through their own judgment and also dealing with something that was happening. I I don't know if it connects to Midas person. I don't know Fantastic don't Four know. lore. I only no, no. have read a handful of issues here and there. All right, I'm going to read my quick little notes on each of these. You can give some reactions if you want and then we'll just move on past them, okay? So, Judgment Day, Iron Fist. Okay, Loki, let's go. There seems to be some stuff going on with the future of Kunlun and who's its leader. Somehow Loki's involved in all of this and really that just gives us the information that Loki is thinking he's going to escape Judgment because he's Loki, but the progenitor is like, no, you fool, you can't escape me at all. I really thought this was going to be more of an Iron Fist issue, but then sometimes it seemed like it was more focused on Loki and what was going on with him. I thought it was really cool that we got his judgment with this memory of some stuff that happened on Asgard with Thor. He's about to die through some Mjolnir uh, hammer action and the Iron Fist saves him. And then when the tables are turned, classic Loki. He's, you know, just chilling, eating popcorn watching all of this unfold and in the end he does help him because again classic loki he's really good at heart all of this was real even though it was a judgment and they're both passing sort of so here you go that's iron fist in a nutshell two more passes thumbs up written by Alyssa wong art by michael and marika cresta colors by chris sotomayor Letters, Travis Lanham. VCs, Travis Lanham. All right, Captain Marvel. We are dropped instantly into some action. There seems to be some virus going around that's that's making the humans crazy. And Captain Marvel and um, L'Oreal, who all I can think of is like the hair, the hair stuff, like they're they're putting people in bubbles and putting them asleep to try to figure it out. Captain Marvel's cat, Chewie in the comics, is, you know, being observed by the progenitor as Captain Marvel. I got to say one of my favorite parts of this issue was the there's a two-page spread where we see sort of like the interior of the apartment building and oh, yeah. we're kind of getting like this overarching view of everything that's happening at once. Got to love cross and, sections. Yeah, I really was into that. So anyway, Chewie is just bopping around uh, person to person, saying hey, making friends, making enemies, cheering people up. And we get to the end. Chewie, Chewie takes themselves underground, finds the monster that is causing the people to act a fool, Eats it. gobbles that thing right up, and then we get a judgment. Now, the one thing I really want to point out about this issue in particular is what the progenitor says to Captain Marvel about her judgment. The progenitor says, 
you get a pass for always getting up and fighting no matter the odds. And I want to know why Captain Marvel got that pass but Captain America still fails. I still question that judgment. It doesn't, when it's put up against other judgments, it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. Yeah. And so that really kind of was a grind my gears little moment. But L'Oreal and Chewie also pass. There's a really nice moment where like L'Oreal gets to see her mom. So if you like Captain Marvel, you probably liked that issue. If you read Captain Marvel, you probably liked that issue. If you didn't, you might have been like, well, you know, it was it's like fine. A, it was a mid. It, was, it, I, it wasn't gonna, a thumbs down. I'm going to give it a thumbs up because I thought it moved pretty quickly. And I thought the stuff with the cat was kind of funny. Sure. So I'm thumbsing it up. Thumbsing it up. Thumbsing it up. Okay. Woof. Fantastic Four. Thumbs down. Move on. <laughs> Justin, we have to be fair, okay? Some people like to get our recaps. That's how they know what happens in these issues that they don't read. So we're picking back up right where we left off with Abuletz is her name, I believe. She's trying to take down the Baxter building. And basically what you need to know from this issue is that Reed is in hiding, contemplating his thoughts, and Sue is the goat, okay? Uh, she's battling it out and with this villain. This villain is really upset because she finds out that her father is not who she thought he was. Classic villain situation. Uh, the Loses thing, her identity. Yeah, she doesn't know who she is anymore. And Sue kind of comforts her and that's really beautiful. The thing is saved by his co-workers, which is nice. Yeah. Johnny. Leo's automotive. Leo is the best. Leo's automotive and Johnny work together to sort of... Uh, MacGyver the car situation so that it can break through this force field the team all comes together and really the only thing that's a judgment day tie into this is this idea that Reed decides that he could sit in his little vault and continuously wonder what judgment will be or he could just go out and spend time with his family and that's what he chooses to do and there you have it Fantastic Four. That's the last issue of this run as we will have a number one starting I believe. All right well I'm gonna give that a thumbs down. Thumbs down. Um, because I just I, honestly the reason that that I mainly gave it a thumbs down is because I thought there were too many voices. There was the voiceover of Reed the whole time plus like internal monologue of some people plus dialogue and that was it was hard to follow hard reed's to monologue follow. yeah yeah and, and it did weave in and out relative to the other people's thoughts and dialogue but it just wasn't smooth enough that made me felt like it was consciously doing something right. interesting right but we did it okay bing bang boom three books down seven books to go gambit number four I mean, obviously, we love Gambit. Yay, a we, book we, I want to read. We love this issue. We love this series. The, the, I was obsessed with this gambling cruise. Oh, my God. This little family going on a cruise, stealing from the rich, giving to the poor, Robin their, Hood. Bot. Their distractions and deceptions, hunters on the run, like the, the cool character descriptions that are Gambit and, and his team. And, and yeah, they're Robin Hooding it. You know, they're, they're just sharing and, and how Roe feels about what they're able to do. No more kissy kissy. She's she, had enough. She's had enough. She's done for it. She's like, that's fine. That adult stuff is fine, but it's gross. And Gabby's like, one day you'll like it. I always, I just, I really like how Gambit keeps on looking over his shoulder and is wary of what's happening. Listen, 
in in Krakoa, like we didn't get a lot of Gambit, and no. when we did, it was always you know you saying that they're not doing Gambit justice. This is justice for Gambit. But this this stuff, Gambit is smooth. Oh, Gambit is suave. hundred percent makes me blush a little bit. A hundred percent, Gambit. Like, like that that. How are you just knowing this? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just saying like it was so prominent in this issue like him leaning into that woman like i'm gonna kiss you but really i'm gonna steal your necklace i was like oh ooh, gambit no and like she knows doesn't she doesn't she see that that is her necklace being put on someone else i i think so yeah later she's like oh yeah okay or I'm is cool that just it. a different redhead because it's a different dress I, I don't know i think it's the same person i don't know but it and, then, and then he brings it back to her i believe at the end yeah, he's like, oh, I'm returning your necklace. I stole it, but I don't need it because I'm stealing things from other people to give back to the poor. And Here for the Dreamland powers. Oh, yeah. Well, we got to go on a little road trip. We're going to go see our friend. What's her name? Lila Cheney. Lila Cheney. Love me a Lila Cheney cameo. Yes, but th- I do think this is so cool that now Gabby is like Dreamland training with Ro. Yeah. That's cool. Into it, I don't know how Gabby feels about it. She no, seems I think a little overwhelmed, but excited about it. I think it's because of her resistance to Marissa joining in on the training mm. and the super heroics that she doesn't want that to happen because she doesn't want her to die. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> They're on their way to see Lila, and just something doesn't feel right to Gambit. And Ro can sense it, but he's kind of it's cagey. He's not resisting to share that information. But he's not resisting that kiss from Lila Cheney. Ooh, Lila Cheney. Just look at Marissa. Coming in look at hot. Marissa. Oh. Yeah, well, I don't blame her. What look the at, heck? Look at Ro. Tongue out. Eh, more grown ups kissing. I freaking love this art. <laughs> like, I love this art so much. And I think one of my favorite characters that this artist draws is Ro. Yeah. I think the facial expressions are so great. Just the punk attitude. The character is so great. And yes. And then this Lila's like, no, 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 I know. I saw you guys together the whole time. It's fine. I'm just kidding. It's just friends. You know, Let you kiss friends. You, you jump kiss friends and, and pull on their lapels yeah. while you do it. Now let's go transport to another area where I can get you a fancy suit. Because I heard you was looking for a superhero suit. So let me get you a superhero suit. As Gambit is on the hunt, trying not to be hunted. <laughs> The hunt inside the hunt inside the hunt that's sure, happening sure, in sure. this book, right? Yeah. Bounty's looking for Gambit. The sleaze ball that his name I can't remember. Solars. Yes. He's he's also on he's the hunt. He's the worst. He but then he these other Yoda talking aliens come I'll, up. I'll see you. And they they're like, yo, we want bounty. You want bounty. Reward shared by all. Let's do it all together. And he is just like so demonically like, yeah, count, count me in. in. I'm the worst. I'm here for it. Uh, Epic battle. Gotcha, Gambit. Yeah, this bounty battle between the two of them. Living for that battle. Such fun art. Such like just a just a deep nitty gritty blood for, pouring from your face kind of battle. Right, and and most of this issue, and I, I note this later on, but the story just moves around so much. Each page kind of takes you into something else. Yeah, this you get to dive into the battle as you yes. should because it's an action hero comic, right. right? You want to see what the artist can flex in that energy of back and forth. And I think this is great, and it does a really great job of that. Grab. 
just just epic fights between is, the two of them. Is that my daughter? Oh my god, it's my daughter in a super suit. Well, where's Remy? Where's my boyfriend? Where's my boyfriend? We don't know. He's off battling someone else. Jump back in the battle. Even more pages as he turns the tide Oof. and is able to activate a neural lock. It's a cool, you know, I, I like it when you see one character, you're like, oh, no, they're not going to win. And then, wachow, they win. But then it's like, oh, no, he's the title character, so he's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you hurt me so much. Let's make a deal. Yeah. Everyone's safe as long as you're on Earth. But once you go to space, I can do whatever I want. Fair game. But also, I don't know or have any contact with this Yoda team. And also, hey, Solaris, worst, stabs Marissa with a knife right in the heart in the heart it's yeah. really not looking good for marissa at this the point of- which kind of you know would say to make sense why she's not in future issues right. and why her storyline can be in and, this little nugget because she gonna be dead and gambit is just so brooding after the fact oh Ugh. gambit gabby's gonna be mad next remy rules what'd you think a thumbs up thumbs up the biggest thumbs up two yeah. thumbs up I love Gambit. I think it's so fun. I love the characters. I love the world. Um, it just it just sticks out so much as a difference between the patch issues. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that from the first issue. Right. But just how quickly and how wide this story goes, it's moving around. It's juggling a lot of things. It's more characters, too. I love Misa Wolverine, but a layered team plot is what I'm here for. Like Gambit's this tormented soul always looking over his shoulder, feeling the hunt, trying to be the hunter, trying to protect the people that he loves and cares about and wants to have as a part of his family, basically. Right, and I think that what this is doing really well in contrast to Patch is that both of them are, right, they're telling these little blips that happen between issues and they're throwing in characters, but this is doing more character development and making it okay that if like these characters go off on their own after and we never see them again or they die, that I feel like I've really gotten to know them and experience them so I feel okay with that chapter being over. Mm. Whereas Patch, we were introduced to those few characters that that were along for the ride in that story, but we didn't get a lot of time to develop them, and it was just about the fighting, really. Which is and crazy that, because they're they're real characters, like they. Right. But I think maybe that's the difference, right? Because these characters only exist in this story, they can be whatever the writer wants them to be. So that's interesting. Thumbs up for Gambit. Thumbs up for Gamby Gams. Moving right along. Onto the bubs. Wolverine number 25. Fearing that judgment. Ben Percy just owns the floor in these metaphorical monologues. Oh, yeah. He knows how to monologue with meaning. You know, he's going to tell you about faith. And he's going to tie in the overarching idea of Judgment Day. And he's going to do it beautifully. And then the artists are going to accompany it with some beautiful, beautiful pages. Win, win, win. Yeah. Our team was on point. We met Federico Vincentini at Mm -hmm. Comic-Con. And I just, you know, to gush over his work because it's just so fluid and action-packed as we see throughout this. A lot of times I refer to it and other people have referred to it as kinetic Mm -hmm. because it's just so 
dynamic. It's yes. all over the page. Speaking of Federico, uh, so a little aside from New York Comic Con, we have this. I don't know if we've mentioned it on the podcast. I think we have, but we have this big House of X poster that we've been bringing and having creators on who write, draw, make Krakoa what it is, sign it and. Joshua Kasara did some drew some Wolverine claws, which we learned is called a remark. Yep. So if you didn't know that, Mateo did what looked like a little Krakoan yeah, egg. Mateo did a Krakoan egg, and so Federico drew like a profile of the bubs, of the bubs, and with some with the claws coming up. And I don't know if it's like just because other art- artists see that other people have signed and done something, or if it's like a I'm gonna do an even bigger one because they did one. Or whatever, but it's it was really cool to have to have that on the poster. So carrying on. I really love this this back and forth bounce between the Hellbride and uh Solomon Wolverine and the like the two teams trudging along and we're seeing them take step by step by step until they get closer and closer to each other. Yeah, we're almost overwhelmed by the frozen tundra. Yes. It is definitely art that because the frozen tundra is so vast and you know the feeling that you want to have is that the weather is consuming them but you do have to really take a moment to look at the art to kind of see where people are because they're getting lost in the vastness of uh the snow but i love that in in all of this back and forth and all of this treacherous journey Solemn can can still make jokes and still hide the sword from Wolverine and still be writing little poems. Still a playful boyfriend. He's just having a grand old time. Why don't you hit us with that title page goodness, Justin? It's written, called A Cold Welcome, by the way. Hell to Pay Part 2, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Federico Vicentini, colors Frank Diamarta, letters Corey Pettit. VC's Corey Petit. And honestly, I said it later on, but shout out to Corey in this mm-hmm. issue the number of just dynamic sound effects on the page the foosh mm-hmm. the sclarch the the snake like it's so dynamic yeah it's really awesome basically through this journey not to make a i wrote this not as a pun and now as i read it it sounds like a pun but the hellbride is losing her cool okay she's She's lost her hellhounds. She's lost her husband. She's just not doing well. And the cold just takes her out. And when Wolverine and Solemn find her, Solemn's like, okay, yo, now's Let's the kill time. Her. Let's kill her. And Wolverine. This the girl. Wolverine's like, no, I do not do executions. This is not a fair fight. And I do think it's funny how Wolverine keeps pushing him to move forward. We don't have time for this. We don't have time for this. But we do have time. To build a fire so that she can get warm. To warm up our enemy. And give her my coat so that she can get better and then come back for us. Yep. As we face off with the ice golem, <laughs> Celestial. I do love how much effort they put into this. And like, do you think these two know that that's not the real Celestial that they took down? Right. Because... I mean, Wolverine has to. Eventually. I, he's also in so many places at once. He is. In this event. Time traveling, gate traveling. But like to the point where he is in multiple plots that are concurrent. Right. He's inside the Celestial right now, even though he's also on the outside of the Celestial right now. And as we find in X-Force, he's also on Krakoa and... (laughs) 
It's because everybody's like, yeah, Wolverine's we, just we need, everywhere. We need all Wolverine. The time. I mean, this this does happen before he's inside the celestial. Right, we right. do get that indication by the fact that when Gene gets judged, he knows his judgment already. And in X Force, you see him coming come back. back through the gate from which, this. Which I don't know if it's from this or from the I celestial attack. I think it's from this because he like, like rips through his coat. He's like, oh, I've been fro- freezing my butt off basically, and I just want to come back and like take a warm bath and chill. Yeah, freezing my butt off. These two, these two take down the Elsa style <laughs> celestial. Yeah, and then. Uh, Solemn's got a new girlfriend. Solemn and the Hell Bride get together and they're like, ooh, let's love each other now. Okay, bye. I, I love how he was giving Wolverine crap about not wanting to execute a passed out Hell Bride, but now he's like, well, I mean, she's kind of cute though. Well, but that's Solemn's whole thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. he doesn't have to worry anymore. He thinks the threat is over, so his next thought is instantly pleasure, right? How, how do I find pleasure? Wolverine is judged and he passes and he doesn't really want to pass. I feel like it's it's gut-wrenching to me, but I'm really feeling Wolverine is ready to be done. Yeah, he wants like, to retire. He's he's like, just give me an excuse to be dead or right. something. Just let like, me die. I, like, come back. Let the way me, he Logan. says come back at the end you know desperation it, it's really heartbreaking to yeah. me just his face too as he's like i don't want it i don't deserve it yeah yeah i think it's interesting because this issue was solid i thought i really enjoyed it you know we, we do get some quotes oh, we even have an anthology story at the end we have a lives of wolverine part two basically yeah drinks of wolverine yeah okay but in that in the drinks of wolverine there's a there's an art panel that I'm upset by, and that is that is Wolverine peeing and Nightcrawler puking in a <laughs> urinal. Yes. Like why in a urinal? There's nowhere else. Like you can bamf literally anywhere in this room. Ugh, disgusting. Throw up in the sink. Throw yeah, up in the trash can. Not in the urinal, man. Get off the floor. Yucky yucks. You got pee in your fur. Ew. Ugh. Hey, after I, reading Patch, I had a little bit more of a connection to Tiger Tiger in this Tiger, whole story. The white suit. Mm-hmm. And just we're basically seeing Wolverine's relationship to bars <laughs> and how that connects him to other characters and runs through his life. And I, I love the ending, too, as the bartender's like, hey, you think you're pretty damn tough, don't you, Mutie? Everything like, oh, is he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm used to this. Oh, you try to die, too? Let's go. New orders coming up next with Beast on the cover, even though I don't know. I don't know that that was that's interesting to me. New orders is like, is he not going to be on X Force anymore? Or maybe, or he's going to be tasked with another kind of mission in his uh, solo. We're we're heading out on a new Wolverine solo issue. Yeah. I love the emotional rage that Logan has as he's judged worthy, mm-hmm. but at the same time, his actions seemingly prove why he kills when necessary. And with some semblance of flexible honor, mm-hmm. it really paints Gene's judgment and his reaction to it in a new detail. Like, not a fan that it came out after or out of the order, but here we are, and we're trying to fix over that. I just, I feel like it's such an interesting thing to say about his character that he would not do that to the Hellbride, and that's mm-hmm. essentially why is that 
you know, he, and, and even you want to consider where he's grown to in the Krakoan era, wanting to fight for his family and what they've got, what they've protected, what they've built together. I just feel like it's a whole new side of him. Yeah. Well, he fights. He loves a fight, but he likes a fight with honor. Yeah. You know, not just a fight for the sake of a fight. We did have uh, a question from the Pikachu. Is Solemn going to be Hellbride's new groom? I mean, that could be. But also, I don't think you can tie Solemn down. Yeah, it's not really. I mean, he's I don't the think new. He's groom material. He's a side piece for sure. He's a side piece, unless you're like doing a polyamorous situation. Hey, you want to sleep with this island, even though it's kind of gonna have something happen in Immortal X Men? <laughs> On to death to the mutants number three. Dun dun dun. A little plan for the attack. All right. So this issue was a bit of a recap, but also some new info. It's funny. So excerpts asked on our Wednesday post, mm. is this worth it? Should I pick this up? And and I hadn't read it until it was one of the first ones that I read. I read it in the order that we're going through them just because it follows as closely to the release order in the back as, mm-hmm. as we could find. And I, I said that, you know, it, it recaps but gives more context and then in the back half really adds to the story and i'm not sure if we're going to see that story in other ways or in other things but with only one issue left of judgment day and then the omega i don't think so yeah i feel like this was story critical yeah this was a good one so we're into the fight we're we're learning you know the odds and ends of of what happened with Star Fox, we're seeing the, the the decision to have the telepaths go in the mind and the celestial kind of burning them all to bits, recapping all of that information. One thing I really liked the data pages in this. Yeah. The come at me, bro. <laughs> yeah. I was here for that. And I felt like I don't know if it's just because I glaze over things sometimes in the Judgment Day issues, but it wasn't really clear to me that the Eternals had made it so that they can no longer resurrect. That was brought up twice in this issue, that they've they've taken down their ability for resurrection. They do that no more. I think that that is caused by the celestial and the fact that Icarus campaigned to him right. for that. And then he's, he's literally trying to destroy the machine from the inside out. And I, I also really like the way that these data pages uh, point out that the directive for the Eternals mm-hmm. is to protect the celestials and to protect the machine, not, obey. not to obey. So if they focus on their number two and protect the machine, they're protecting this machine from the celestial. And, right. and that's the thing that's in danger. Like if you're looking at the two, is it the celestial in danger? Or is it the machine in danger? It's the machine. So the celestial is not in danger. That's, that's where they've got to go. That's, it needs no protection. That's what they need to do, you know? So they're not really breaking any rules by fighting the good fight over here and that's what i was hoping for i was hoping they were going to find some kind of loophole and they totally did it and then the progenitor strikes down into the earth into the machine to destroy it all this doesn't hurt at all i'm definitely not screaming this was one issue you know you talk a lot about how you really like the machine as a character and this is one issue where i could really appreciate that i just feel like it it especially when 
there's danger and there's this panic of what's going to happen. There's just so much to the machine's character. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of really fun quips. And I and the relationship between Fastos and, and the machine and this yeah. whole back and forth and, and this idea that the machine normally wouldn't let an eternal inside it like this and this idea that it has all these booby traps and it's going to help him through. It's going to give him the answers. It's going to tell him when to duck and when to look up and because it needs the help. Safety. And I did, you know, the whole back and forth about the girl who was texting the Sally. hex and, and and now finding out that she's not responding, which means she's probably dead, which is really sad. And, and so... And scene goes off because of it. Yeah. And, and scene is now not having it and now just wants to be BFFs with Exodus. I loved that. Yes. It, it's just, especially the way that they approached it with... The fact that their minds connected and they saw something further in their similarities or in their connection. This quoting of French literature, yeah, French poetry. Like the, the deep, they found their nerd bond, you know, the thing that ties them together, the thing that unites them. La mort de Celestial. And also, just shout out to the art in this book. Yeah. Really beautiful. The colors especially bouncing from you know uh little story to story it's the richness of scenes fire yeah and and the cool blues and purples of the inside of the machine yeah as fastos is struggling to get into the depths to hard reboot the machine which is super cool super cool unheard of never been done before restored to celestial default state i like the little like the scared moment of like, is it going to work? Is it is it working? Did you reset me? You live, you learn. I lived, I learned. I love you. Goodbye. I'm yeah. back. And, uh, uh, this, this I feel nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's a machine, right? But just how it breaks Fastos. Yeah. This is, I just, likely, we've said it before, the best issue of this series. You yes. Know, this of three Death issue arc. Yes. Yeah. And... We got that context that we've been getting previously, but new story, relevant story, story movement forward, and the machine resisting the Celestial as we plan to hack and reboot. The alluded to friend of Nightcrawler, quote unquote friend, Mm -hmm. that will help hack this AI. I love that. And I think we know who that is, potentially, is revealed in Immortal X-Men. Oh. Not, not really someone I would consider a friend, but someone oh. that knows AI very well. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yep. Fasto's mourning the lack of feeling in the machine, the scene in Exodus teaming up and the, her passion, her, her sadness over the loss of her friend. This hit so many good emotional beats while also delivering great story points. Yeah, and I think that what's cool is that, you know, we're seeing, especially... You know, the Hex, right? The Hex was set onto Krakoa by Druig, like, as as an attack. And now the Hex is seeing what's happening overall. And it's really, you know, as we learn in Immortal X-Men, this idea of, like, the only way to conquer this is for everybody to come together. Like, mm-hmm. even the Hex is like, I don't want to fight on behalf of the Celestial anymore. Like, 
I need to find a way to not do this because this is devastating and this is not okay. And I, I thought that was really a beautiful moment. Yeah. You want to hit us with the this Deaths and the Mutants creative team? Written by Kieran Gillen, art by Guyu Villanova, colors by Alex Gilmarez and Eric Arseniega, letters Travis Lanham. He's all over the place with these Judgment Day tie-ins. All over the place, Travis. Good work. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) VC's Travis Lanham. We have a question from Spider's Rules. So whatever did happen to the machine that resurrects Eternals? Good question. So it's been hard reset. Mm -hmm. It's been rebooted and now is able to wipe away the influence from the Celestial. It's kind of an assault on multiple fronts. To be able to protect the machine while the team is infiltrating and trying to destroy the Celestial from the inside. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's coalescing at a great point where everything is going thumbs up for everybody (laughs) because the event's about to end. So... Well, we don't know how it ends. Whatever happened, well, it seems like the machine was offline for a little bit because of the Celestial's influence, but now seems to be okay. I'm not sure. Reset. I'm not sure if Resurrection is back online for the Eternals. Yeah, I don't know about that. And I don't know. Like, it's interesting to me why Fastos would be so upset that the machine is saying that it doesn't feel anything. Yeah. Because does he just feel defeated? Is it more like he needed someone to talk to? Maybe. Yeah, he he felt this connection, this great struggle for the survival of someone that is an AI. And also, maybe over all these years, right? Because there was this kind of conversation back and forth of like, I've known you all this time, but have I really known you? And now that the machine is reset, is it sort of like back at square one? Sure. does it develop and develop feelings and increase its personality over all those years and all that time? And now it's just back to basics. Yeah. Next issue. Okay. We've kept on alluding to it. And now. It's time. The book of the week. Oh, Justin's pick. Book of the week. Is it not yours? Uh, oh, did we give a thumbs up or thumbs down or thumbs to no, the side? No, we didn't. We didn't give a, th- a thumbs for Death to the Mutants, and I'm giving it a thumbs up. I think so too. Most Which, of, most of our ratings are thumbs up. Sorry, Fantastic Four, and no, whatever that first one I'm was. Not sorry, Marauders was thumbs to the side. I'm gonna say I'm not sorry, and also if you were shocked that I gave Death to the Mutants a thumbs up, I was too. Yeah, it was the best of the three. So, Judgment Day, Immortal X-Men, number seven, the Nightcrawlers bamfing around all over this cover. Let's dig in. I gotta say, as I was, you know, going through all of the issues, I was stopping every couple of pages and jotting down some notes, and this one I just kind of, I read the whole thing, and then I wrote some some little side notes, because I was just in it. But also, there were a lot of words in this one. Okay. <laughs> I had to really read a lot. Sure. And you know, by this point, most of these issues are pretty dense. Most yes. of the Immortal X-Men issues, as they should be, I feel like you're you're getting a character study and also progressing plot, hopefully. Okay. Yes. Agree to disagree. <laughs> what? I don't necessarily think that you need to be so verbose to have a character study i don't necessarily think that it's verbose i just feel like you have a new character's inner monologue 
And so you're getting into how they feel about a situation, especially if oh, it's a I'm continuing. Oh, I'm talking about Judgment Day in general, not Immortalized Oh, Man. yeah. Well, I mean, that's Kieran Gillen. Okay, then. Carry on. Optimistic Kurt. He's just here for the next steps. It's We're going to pass. We're fine, guys. <laughs> uh, actually, Kurt, no. Just destiny being petrified of what's to come, not speaking up as that becomes a problem in a little bit. Yes, and we've got that title page, The Ultimate Banff. Part 7, Red in Blue. Written by Karen Gillan, art by Lucas Wernick, colors David Curiel, letters Clayton Coles. BC's Clayton Coles. The chaos, the war is coming, it's here on the shores. I love the way Nightcrawler is like, okay, listen to me, evil stepmother. Oh, gosh. Tell me what's going on. And just before even that, how short his fuse is with Sinister, and it's just building because of the attitudes that he has. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I mean, I mean, in the dire situation that you have, okay, yeah, it's it's sacrilege because it goes against all of what Krakoa stands for and what Magneto wished for and what the Iraqi people had accepted. So you would literally piss off every mutant except for yourself right but a football team worth of magnetos i, I mean I, would I, be pretty i want to see i want to see it maybe you will in sins of sinister football team of nightcrawlers mm-hmm. but but nightcrawler wants answers from destiny because she's clearly holding back and the only way to get them is to threaten her with death Shock even it. though she knows that he won't actually kill her, that fear of just falling and having to rely on someone else. I thought that was a really cool way for him to be like, I wanted you to feel what it felt like to have to rely on someone else to save you so you can understand what we're all feeling, which is we need you to help us. And if you don't tell us what's going on, we're all going to plummet to our death. This is literally why you failed, Destiny, is because you weren't telling people what was going on. Did you learn nothing? Nothing. Come now, evil stepmother. <laughs> and he's got the plan. She reveals to Nightcrawler what he has to do. Mm-hmm. Just his his eyes. Oh, oh that's looking at this. the plan. Yeah. Oh, I, I got to admit, I'm, I'm not crazy about the goatee. I like Kurt with a beard, but the goatee is like, uh, I'm know. fine with it. Eh. I'm into it. I like the long hair. This orchestrated poster with the the eyes blocked out. Yeah, this was not cool. This was a scary little moment over here, this data page. Oh, my God. I can't. The art in this book, Lucas. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Just how emotional the characters are looking Mm -hmm. in their faces and the varied expressions that they're having and, and just how all over the place they're able, especially Nightcrawler, to be able to move throughout all these pages and all these panels. I just really love, I mean, the colors are also really amazing, but for me, it's the the interesting layouts, these like angular mm-hmm. arcing layouts. I really like them. I'm, I'm really into them. So, so begins the saga of, which is a little bit of a recap, right? It's like, this yeah, is how yes we no. got to the place yeah. where we are resurrecting me multiple times. We're going to make this plan to resurrect Captain America. This is a recap that I do not mind. No, because no, not at we're all. getting more details. We're getting more depth into what has happened in this right. story that we've only been hinted at previously. Story behind the story, right? right? This is 
X-Men number six by Jonathan Hickman, where we find Mystique had been on the Orcus stronghold in the forge, planting a gate for a summer harvest. Like, yes. It, this is just, hey, there's a story underneath the story, mm-hmm. and now we're getting to see it, and it's connecting all the other things that we were like, wait, what? Huh? Huh? We're seeing Hope step up to becoming the new Xavier. But a better right. Xavier. We're seeing, we're seeing her step up. We're seeing... Krakoa step up. Yeah. You know, so many mutants volunteer to sacrifice themselves for the greater good. This is crazy. Poor egg. Oh, man. Why do I always have to be the one that dies? I mean, it is true. And I wonder if this version of Mystique dying is what Destiny saw. Maybe. You know, because it's kind of like this idea that it's unclear exactly what it's going to be. And maybe she just knew that that in some way Mystique was going to have to sacrifice herself and Destiny didn't want to put her through that. Again, just Nightcrawler just getting fed up. We've passed over a little bit of the detail of the live resurrection. Mm. And that gets furthered throughout this issue. It's the first time we've seen or heard about this. Someone getting backed up in real time so that he actually experiences and remembers experiencing death. Right. And not only just the once... But like over and over, over and, over and over and over again. And I feel like this is maybe not necessarily breaking him, but changing him. Warlion brings up a point in the questions for this about how Nightcrawler would never threaten to kill someone, even Sinister. And while I would normally agree, I feel like this is not the Nightcrawler that we've known throughout this time. This is a Nightcrawler put into a situation that he needs to do something drastic because not only there's multiple things happening here you have everything that's happening to the people to the situation Mm -hmm. and then him on the inside with this future vision from destiny and then you just have sinister mouthing off about how this is a joke to him right and how enraged that makes him like this this is our salvation these are our people you would stand against it i think you know it's similar it's a next more aggressive step of taking someone up to the sky and bamfing them safely down to the ground. He doesn't actually stab at Sinister, right. but he needs Sinister to know, hey, this is not a joke. Right. This is serious. Right. And also you have to think the amount of times that Kurt is being resurrected. Think about just the the fatigue. Right. And like the living on edge and like the countless, you're battling and you're battling and you're coming back and you're battling and you're coming back and you're battling. And this guy over here is just mouthing off and you're like, yo, enough. Yeah. Thank you. The point where hope recruits everybody, hope wells up. I don't. I just get angrier. Right. And it's just, it's literally him seeing red. That was the tease in Immortal X-Men number one a blue mutant sees red Mm -hmm. he is just getting furious with what's happening yeah and you know the reason that sinister's all over here laughing and joking is because he seems to think he can just go back to his little room and reset everything and that doesn't seem to be the case it's not working for him nothing will work nothing will let him reset this particular timeline yeah i just i'm curious to know how and why Right. Like, what's going on here? We can't upload. The gun is jammed. We can't do anything to get rid of this timeline. It's just not meant to be. Someone's doing something, and I think we're going to get an answer in a future issue. I would love that. I would love someone to know what's up. I love my girl Magic making an appearance. 
helping out with her teleportation. Sure, but then also Hope standing up to Exodus, uh, Mm -hmm. further exploring further what we didn't see in the Judgment Day issue where Captain America was resurrected, that Exodus initially objects to this, but Hope is like, you would question me? I'm supposed to be your Messiah. This is what we need to do. I love it. I love that, and I love that we actually see Exodus question it because I think you brought it up when we were talking about the issue, like, can't believe Exodus, Exodus would be okay with this. Right. And he wasn't at first. No. And then Hope is like, uh, excuse me. And he's like, yes, master. Yes. Yes, my Messiah. And then we get to this moment, the Moira of it all. This was out of nowhere. It's like, I thought the issue was over. I thought the issue was done. And then, oh, oh no, wait. The thing that Kurt has been doing over and over and over again, the reason he's been dying so much the, I think it was last issue of Judgment Day where we saw all the swords, all the rapiers mm-hmm. on yeah. the side. And we're like, what's all that about? Well, it's because of this. This was the plan that they've had all along. The endless Kurtz. Yeah. Just so he can get to Moira, cause a distraction. It, and just contrast this to Inferno and how they're not learning anything. Right, right? exactly. But he is because there's this shift in live backups. This is what should be happening if you're sending mutants to attack Moira. You should be using this on missions. Yeah, right. Not all the time. Not all the time, but against Nimrod, against Orcus, yeah, for sure. Right, for sure. To be able to learn, to be able to adapt in the same way that Nimrod adapts, to be able to pull off this victory, so to speak, where he's essentially tricking Nimrod to go one way where really he wants to disable some technology in his head. And I have to say, through all the epicness, the comedy reigns true, and I love it so much. He slaps that thing on Moira's forehead, and he's like, it's a gift from Forge. Really, I don't know what it is. I, I think it's a piece of is. a toaster. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. That's but, thinking on your feet. And the truth that... She's more scared of true death than anyone I've ever it's met. It's true because, because she's, she's had endless lives. She's and... spent her entire lives not having to really worry about it or or to fear this end death. And now this is this is it. She's she's not even in her own human body anymore. Girl, you've had enough. Like <laughs> you done. Yeah, but once you get the taste for it, once you get the taste of being immortal, so, you want to be the one to make the decision that it's over and not the other way around. So the idea being Moira is going to explode. Nimrod is going to explode. The The station is going to be judged by the Celestial and they would have all died. Mm-hmm. And Kurt essentially saves them because they need to team up. It requires everyone, everyone to defeat the Celestial on this final day. We all have to work together just for right now because we know you'll go back to hating us as soon as this is over. Orcus and the X-Men, this will never last. Or will it? No, dun, dun, it can't. Dun. Nah, it's not gonna. And this is what has been making Destiny tremble. This was mm. the fact, like, we have to bring her back into our mist. Right. And and the fact that Mystique and Destiny died is probably convenient. They were like, you know to, what, we're just, like, we, don't, we don't want to be around for that. You know, it's probably not a good idea for us to hang out with her, so Ugh. we're just going to go over here and get exploded and burned to death. You guys deal with Moira. See you on the other side. A curious case is our next issue. This is the cover of yeah. my life. The my Victorian dreams. Queens. I can't wait to see it and have it in real life. This has to be Mystique's issue because we've seen Destiny's issue. Yeah, it's got to be. They're both on the cover, but this is going to hopefully tie into 
their meeting or their lives before. Right. And maybe a little bit of that whisper, whisper into Sinister's ear. Maybe. 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 Thumbs up, thumbs down. All the thumbs. All the thumbs are up. All the thumbs are up for this. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. We got a question from Rem Springer, Remy, who we hey, got to Remy. meet at the happy hour at New York Comic Con. So cool to meet Remy. How how much does Kurt own this week? Kurt owns it, baby. Hundred percent. Like all the ownage. Nightcrawler, my favorite mutant. Obviously. And this was just such a great issue for nightcrawler this a great was, week yeah. too i mean it extends into legion of x mm-hmm. but wow this was so good and to have him work for the reasons that he holds true for the safety of his people for the preservation of what's he's believing in now this new the spark to try new approaches to things the, the fact that he is working with the mortal enemy the immortal enemy of AI machines. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great week for Nightcrawler, for sure. Mike loves Mariah Carey, loved Nightcrawler week in his representation despite the 100 deaths. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I was actually here for the 100 deaths just because I felt like that fueled him in a new way that we've never seen and uncovered some new things about resurrection that we haven't experienced. Yeah. It is interesting how he puts his feelings because he he does seem to have questionable feelings about resurrection and like you know the whole like what does that do to your soul sure that whole thing and he kind of puts all of that aside just to be resurrected over and over and over again and there is also this idea that every time you're resurrected you come back a little bit different right so maybe this is nightcrawler leveling up yeah here for it he's getting more and more powerful he's getting more and more gritty especially with that many times happening in quick succession right and then, I mean, I don't know how much y'all know about the teases for The Sins of Sinister, but Nightcrawlers is the Legion of X offshoot story yes. where there are chimeras mixed with Nightcrawler DNA. Basically, what they said in the panel was, any mutant that you wished was a Nightcrawler, Boom. they probably are. Yep. Mike also asked a question about comic storage earlier, mm. which we've we've hinted at, but never actually gone through. <laughs> like how you store your How comics. I store my comics and how I organize all the comics. And so I buy these black plastic stackable bins that are weatherproof and locking from BCW. They do most of the long boxes that you'll see. It says BCW on them, but they have these like sturdy plastic ones that are actually really clean looking, mm-hmm. really nice. And you can stack a number of them. And then I keep the entire Krakoan era in boxes. So I'm, I'm not dividing them by individual title, which I got into an interesting conversation with Chris from the comic shop about that. I just, I view it all as one story mm-hmm. and I've done that since the beginning. So I, like, why would I segment, you know, have, have like a different divider for one thing or the other. And then for my classic stuff, the stuff that I'm still like filling the gaps, I have Excel spreadsheets for my inventories of them. Yes. And so if I want to know what I don't have quickly without going through the boxes, I can just look at that Excel spreadsheet and see, okay, here's something that I find in a dollar bin or on a website or at a Comic-Con. I know I don't have that, so I'm not buying something twice by accident. Right. That whole system took months to develop and, and just... Into catalog because you didn't have all that stuff cataloged sure. before. So it like was as just, you were organizing it. Yeah, it was generally in chronological order, 
when I got them from my parents' house, but when they moved, they were like, hey, we're not storing these anymore. You either take them or we throw them away. And so we took them. And And, and let's be honest, we have a couple stacks of comics right next to us that have yet to be filed. So when it gets outside of the core titles that I'm actively following all over the place, I don't necessarily know what boxes those go in. (laughs) So they just live somewhere until we figure it out. But I'll figure it out. Back to the praise for our, my main man, Nightcrawler. The positive fan agrees. Great to see Kurt featured. Happy to see him here. Mm-hmm. I, I really am glad to have him get his own issue, even though that was part of the conversation of would characters that have a starring role in other books get a featured issue? Well, I mean, I think if you're going to talk about every member of the council, they should. Sure. I think so. Warline's asking an interesting question, starting our conversation about Moira and Orcus. So... We've seen a cat and the Earth's AI getting judged, but Nimrod got, quote unquote, destroyed. What does that say about Moira? Will she be judged? And if so, will she be judged as an AI, as a human or an AI hybrid for all the 10 lives that she's done? And now she's living with what she's been doing currently. Here's what I have to say. I think she'll be judged because of what the progenitor said to Loki and that like essentially no one can escape judgment. Even if you turn yourself into a robot. Even if you turn yourself into a robot and Nimrod was destroyed so couldn't be judged. Destroyed by Kurt. Right. However, on the question of um, what will Moira be judged on or how will she be judged, um, there really is no answer to that question because the progenitor does whatever the progenitor wants pertaining to whatever (laughs) moment and there's no clear rules for judgment. No, it's just whatever. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs to the side. But I do think that the judgment is really based in the moment that the progenitor is with you. So I think... If she was judged and we were to see it, it would be based on what she was doing at that moment and not necessarily a catalog of all of her lives. Right, because it seems to really be how you respond to that test. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Jean seemed to be judged by her work against the Dabar people. There you go. Exactly. Exactly (laughs) what I said before. It means nothing. There's no rules. There's no rules. You can't count on anything. Blonde China. VC's Blonde China. VC's Blonde China. The biggest shocker was teaming up with Orcus. 100%. That was out of nowhere. I just... Yeah. That yeah. was so huge, exciting. Huge shocker. It, it was so layered, too. Just the assault on Orcus. The fact that Domino, Kid Omega, and Wolverine could not do what Kurt did by himself. Mm-hmm. In likely the same number of tries. Well, right. But but because of the exactly live what resurrections, you were saying, right. It was two things. It was both the, the live backups and... And the quickness of sure. the resurrections. The fact that he was being immediately resurrected and they were just getting accosted by him moment yeah. after moment after moment. Whereas when and the X-Force team was doing it, yeah. there was there were travel gaps, or, yeah. there were weeks, there were days in between. And to be using it essentially as a circuit with magic and on the marauder mm-hmm. and to, to be able to continue to scope out this so they have no way... Other than Nimrod adapting, they have no way of responding. It's right. just, what's going on now? Oh, what did he do last time? Yes. What are his true goals? The Pikachu wants to know, will Orcus honor their word and help or stab the mutants in the back when they have the chance? I think they will do like a, we honored it, and then as soon as it's over, we out. Yeah, I feel like 
if they get in and any information, they're going to use that against them because right. they're already using judgment. Day. Like the whole world's going to crap. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's the mutants fault. Remember? Right. Remember the mutants? Join Orcus. It's, it's their fault. And I think they have to stay true to their word. Otherwise, the whole only way to solve Judgment Day doesn't work. Right. LV Duart wondering if they've replaced Omega Sentinel with Moira in Immortal X-Men because mm. she's there next to Nimrod. Omega Sentinel isn't seen. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't think you can I don't think she's replaced. I don't think you can replace her just because her knowledge and what she's like like Nimrod wouldn't let that happen. No. They're besties. And, and then I'm curious to know what conversation has been happening between them. Right, between Moira and Omega Sentinel. Right. Cuz I don't I don't know like does Omega Sentinel trust Moira? I don't think so. Would Probably that potentially not at first. Right. Would that potentially lead Moira to regret her decisions i don't know she wants to live forever in ai perpetuity yeah she's a freaking hypocrite that one i hate the machines i'm gonna become i am the machines eric huffman saying even though it wasn't his first pick immortal x-men was really good filling in the gaps and giving us the kurt i remember Mm -hmm. yeah this was all out action here for his people going for it the kurt we can agree with (laughs) all right home stretch we got three more. Oh, man. X-Force. Number 32. It's a Judgment Day issue that's not really a Judgment Day issue. Craven is still on the hunt, and he's just basically out to take down the mutants because he sees Krakoa and Mutantum as the apex predator. So sure. we're pretty much picking up right where we left off, and he seems to be right along the lines of being the progenitor's best friend forever. Yeah. Right? He's here for it. He's he's got his Craven monologue, Ben Percy knocking it out of the park again with that. Yep. Giving a gift of death to the mutants because, you know, you don't appreciate life if you can constantly resurrect. Right. And he's going to go destroy the hatchery. And in that process, he still has Deadpool's head on a spike and Deadpool just bites off his own Ugh. tongue just to just to leave a little little note you know when you're remnant. when you're in the third page and we're already getting in some gruesome body horror you know. you know we're about to kick that up another notch it's gonna be real good so why don't you give me that once bitten title page goodness the hunt for x part three craven kills written by benjamin percy Art by Robert Gill. Colors, Guru EFX. Letters, Joe Caramagna. VC, Joe Caramagna. All right. So Beast is classically full of himself. Sure. He's like, no, I'm here. And I'm here. you guys can't do this without me. So I'm going to be here. You and Omega Red. Go get to the bottom of whatever is happening. Yeah. Uh, honestly, this is the team up, though. Omega Red and Sage really f- fleshing out both of them. yeah gross you had to make a flesh joke again because we're getting ready for so the disgusting so i love one that omega red is like no this was not the eternals i know i know murder murder when i see murder just straight up savage murder that's what this was and then they're finding they're finding Deadpool's tongue and Sage needs to do some more research on the tongue to figure out what exactly it's up. You know, what is this clue telling them? Is this the clue? Where did it come from? But before we can do that, 
we need just a healthy bout of cannibalism from Omega Red, even though he's like, no, no, it's fine. They're not actually mutants. It's just protein. Don't let it go to waste. And this is Omega Red's, I mean, it, it, it's technically been cured because he has the carbodium synthesizer, but he has a need to to drain people oh, of their life force. That's been his curse, essentially, his whole continuity. Cool. I don't think I knew that. What else we got going on? Oh, well... Sage is still covering up her drinking problem. Yep. She's just crossing it straight out of data pages <laughs> and not even deleting it. Just just strike, just make a little strike through. Yeah, you know, um, so you can find it if you're looking for it. Yeah, and the thing that I think is really interesting about these next few pages is that, you know, in the beginnings of X-Force, Wolverine was really specific about this idea that Krakoa, you know, everyone felt too safe. They were too soft. They weren't ready for what could be lurking. And these pages of Craven just coming up behind people yeah. and taking them out and killing them for sport. Even just as they're already getting attacked. Like Maggot right. is distracting and taking down a, uh, an Eternal with Ini or Mini and then is snuck up on and has his head chopped off by yeah. Craven. And Craven's taking antlers. Icarus taken out of the sky and just oh hey who's the best who do i have to go after i'm here for the most dangerous game and your feathers and then the lick of the feathers that are bloodied icarus this guy with the red wings his name is icarus yeah like the eternal not the same character but same name oh interesting spelt different but yeah oh joshua guthrie guthrie brother oh he's a guthrie all right well yeah wolverine wolverine's the one you want and there we have it. It's all about Wolverine. But hey, thanks to Storm kicking butt in the sky, Deadpool's head rolls around in the grass, and Tom talks hey, to Black Tom's head. Hey, I'm here. I'm I'm connected to the veg. Hey, let's have a little chit chat. What's going on, Deadpool? Before everything blows up. And oh wait, uh, listen, Craven's here, and Black Tom's trying to get in touch with Beast, but he can't because. Beast is uh, preoccupied. A, he's given a tour of the shadow room. <laughs> to the one and only Craven. So what does Black Tom do in the meantime? He builds a veg body for Deadpool. I love and it. And there's a, an inappropriate joke thrown in there. Yep. You know, I, what does Black Tom call it that really cracks me up? He says, you asking Black Tom to build you a wang-a-lang-a-dang? <laughs> No, you dirty bird. I need a different type of sword. Yeah. That was the one that you laughed out loud on yes. when you were reading it? Yeah. Yes. Because I got to be ready to take down Omega Red. Because I'm mad at him. He left me for dead. And then this, basically, the version of the cover that is the story we get, the, the fight between Omega Red and Deadpool, which isn't the fight that is advertised. Right. It's so interesting how much this kind of mirrors the cover. Mm-hmm. This big splash page. All this is going on. Wolverine gets bad, you know, gets back from the North Pole where he was doing his celestial ice golem fight where he got betrayed by Solemn. And before he goes off inside the celestial, before he goes back up to the He's North just Pole, like, I just want to take a bath, man. I just, I still haven't even had that beer that I wanted from X-Deaths. I need a spa day. And instead, Beast is calling me and now I've got to go fight this giant 
head of Craven, but oh wait, no. Let's go through a variety of battlefields in which we could fight where there's lava and bird people and brood. And where are we going to end it? But no place better than the Savage Land. Savage Land, the ultimate hunting ground. Where we can watch giant dinosaurs chase after beasts. Yay. Everybody root for the dinosaurs. I am so rooting for those dinosaurs. Yeah. Honestly, I could read a whole story of just Craven monologuing to himself, <laughs> which is kind of what we've gotten over the course of these three issues. Yeah. I, and I thought that this has been like, you know, Ben wants to write Craven and he's going to write Craven. He's doing a great job. I think so. This team up of Omega Red and Sage is really just bringing it. Just, but the body horror, always with the body horror. It, I love it. I, I, I like how when we interviewed Ben Percy, he kind of like threw that to Joshua Kassara. And yeah, he's like, yeah. no, no, Josh is just really good at that kind of art. But so even like, but like. Mm. But even Josh was like, oh, no, that's all just the crazy things that right, Ben that cooks ben up. Writes. Amazing. Uh, this monologue of trophies and kills. I just love it. And at the same time, hate seeing so many mutants taking down like this. The plant pool or whatever, vegan Deadpool, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them, tearing into Omega Red as we get a tease of that epic dinosaur adventure. Am I alone here and wanting Beast to be killed? I don't no, think so. No, I don't I think, think so. I think that's all around. I'm pretty sure you're not alone in that. I think this was good. Thumbs up, thumbs up. Two more. We didn't have any questions for this one. Okay, cool. And I don't have any questions either. No, there's no time for our questions. We're doing 16 issues. All right. Whoa. Second to last penultimate issue. Eternals AXE number one. Ajax story. Yeah. I love that we're jumping right back in deep into the fight inside the Celestial. And, and you know, we're seeing where we left off with Jean in, and we're seeing where we left off with the X-Men story. I do want to bring this up. Warlion points out the fact that this is not Jean's power signature, mm-hmm. right? This is not what it should look like, all this fire around her. And he wonders, is this the connection to the Phoenix? I, I think it might be trying to underscore the fact that they're teasing the Phoenix, they're teasing that connection, but also... What she was doing was holding apart mm-hmm. fire right. from the inside. And is that also engulfing her as she's being overwhelmed? Maybe. I think it's a mixture of the two. Or do we want, before we get too far, written by Karen oh, Gillen, yes. art by Pasquale Ferry, color art, Matt Hollingsworth, letters Clayton Coles again. VCs, Clayton Coles Clayton on Cole. a second Stop issue. Me off, you little butt face. <laughs> uh, the All most right. aggressive swear word we'll say. Butt face? Yeah. So... Basically, what's going on here is Tony Tony wants some answers. He wants to know why Cersei failed her test. Right. And, and Cersei so do is we. being very vague and very, like, she's redirecting constantly. But we are getting to see a little bit of a flashback situation where it seems like, which I think is a really interesting parallel, right? This idea that Icarus wanted to reveal resurrection and... Everyone was like, that's not a good idea. The humans are not going to be okay with that. And that is exactly what Cyclops did, which exactly led to the fact that humans were not okay with it. And it's the whole reason we're in this mess, right? Right. So That and Druig and Moira. Right. But but Druig, Moira, different. But Druig only decided that they were excess deviation because of resurrection. Sure. Right? So, So it seems like... This may have something to do with the fact that Cersei seems to have potentially hired Jack of Knives to sort of rough 
Icarus up and gone against one of her own. Hmm. Because, you know, she she goes to him and she says, you know, are you looking for work? Of course you are, you busy bee. Well, I have a friend who I need to trick into thinking he has to stay quiet about a certain inconvenient truth. Yeah. And then we, we go back and, and she's, you know, she's pushing off the question. She's pushing off the question enough for us to shift our focus now to, to Ajax. Ajax. As the celestial dreams turn into nightmares as she has to fight and kill everyone who has died for her resurrections. Which is rough. Right. If this is the test, this is insane. Not only does she have to fight and kill them, but this first dude, she straight up has to kill in front of his children. Right. And that's rough. And it's been a million years of these these deaths, a million years of her taking another person's life so that she can thrive and, and continue continue on but she she wants to prove herself to her god and i think there's this really interesting back and forth that she has faith that the celestial will do what she believes it will do you know like Mm -hmm. she's like i know you're not really that bad because i believe in you i can be I'm a big jerk. And just the the sheer fact that she's about to get judged and she straight up is like, no. Yeah. Not right now. Please wait. We have not reached the point for you to judge me or me to judge you. We're both still, still working through some things. So pause on her judgment. And, uh, you know, we just, we take it on faith and we just dive a little deeper into the depths of of this progenitor and this is likely our final issue before our final issue in terms of judgment day right the next issue is axe judgment day number six dun 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 the the apocalyptic climax of the event of the year it's not that nothing will be the same again it's that unless heroes can find a new way to be heroes everything will be nothing forever Ooh, what does it mean what does it mean I might go. I might go a middle thumb on I this. I think. I think that's a good read. It's not. It's, it's not a thumbs down, but it was fine. It was. I, it I, was I, fine. I other than, and I go back and forth. And it might just be my relationship to Ajax, but I really liked Tony's version mm-hmm. of this, and I really liked Gene's version of this. It's just I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's because we also talked about Gene's in the same sitting, but maybe it just it was interesting and it was definitely rough that she had to deal with facing all those people she essentially killed in order to live so she had to kill them again in order to live that was rough but yeah i think it's more i didn't have as much of an emotional connection and there was less involvement from the other characters so it was just okay on to legion of x our number two final issue our number two on the poll Number two on the poll. The best issue of Legion of X. She doesn't respond. I don't agree. You don't agree. I don't. I felt like I liked that this issue dove into Legion. This issue was maybe because it was the end of reading 10 issues in a row. This issue was way too dense for me. I glossed over words sometimes in this issue because i i i liked the recap i liked legion's perspective i liked legion's sass i liked the yeah yeah you're gonna judge me let's let me before you do that let me just tell you the things i thought the relationship with magneto was really interesting but i i 
I did not think this is the best issue of Legion of X. Do you have an idea of, and I, maybe I'm just thinking that because of the fact that it was so streamlined and revealed things of both the situation, the fight with Uranus, the depth of character of Legion, I just felt like this did a lot more with a lot less than other issues have tried to. I don't know. I mean, isn't, unless I'm like, I've lost my mind, isn't all the stuff with, isn't all the stuff with Weaponless Zen, Legion of X? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I think that I like that storyline better. As an arc, yes, but as an individual issue is what I'm saying. But yeah, let's just, talk about it. All right, let's let's talk about it. So I I do appreciate that we're starting out strong with some sass from Legion. Recounting the story and coming back in, we're on the other side of it and we're getting his version of the fight with Uranus because we only saw the 10 seconds going back and forth. Like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. That's done. We don't want to destroy the furniture. I love this data page. You love a map. I love a map, but also just showing the devastation to the broken land. These circles that read out how much of the population has been destroyed in these various areas. Hey, it's a title page. Judgment Day. Holding the Line. Written by Cy Spurrier. Art by Raphael Pimentel. Color art by Federico Blee. Letters Clayton Coles VCs for the third Coles. time in a row. VCs, VCs, VCs. Hey, stop trying to talk over me. Nope. We're seeing, you know, a wider perspective on things that have happened. Yes, we saw Nightcrawler bamf Iska away, but now we're seeing that it started with this little friendly handshake that turned not so friendly. Right. And I just, again, as a Kurt character of the week... This just doubles down on what Immortal X-Men showed us is what he's willing to do for the people that he's taking care of mm -hmm. and connects to what Legion's willing to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I'll say it. I always say it, but I love the art. Such win. Wow. <laughs> this is a, when, when Nightcrawler bamps Is Iska over the water and he's like, oh, I have to yield. You win. Wow. Yeah. Such win. Wow. It's like the Doge meme. You don't know what I'm talking about. No. Okay. It's a meme. It's the dog. Well, much, much cool. You know. I mean, you could keep explaining it to me, or we could just understand that I haven't seen it, and uh, I'm not that cool. And right. I bet people out in the podcast world they laughed. Yep. <laughs> I mean, what I got from this is that there were endless astral plane fights. So fights with Uranus were happening over millennia, but also in just ten seconds, and. Legion was kind of being pulled in multiple directions while Kurt was bamfing a bunch of people to to his, you know, pocket reality essentially to save them. And and that's what's happening over the course of this issue is we're seeing that fight with Uranus and we're understanding that Legion felt that he was doing the right thing, but also that he wanted to be in another place. Sure. But and also he's helping Kurt get everybody to safety. He's distracting Uranus, but not even with his full attention. He's giving some power to Kurt to be able to pull all the people through and to save all these people. This is the team up. And and Banshee with uh seems to be sent from Mother Righteous to sort of help and to say to Legion, like, hey man, <laughs> you gotta make sure that your little brain world stays a-okay 
for all the peeps inside. Right, because then they'll be lost into the astral plane. Also, Uranus's machines are in the astral plane and they're coming for you. Yeah. Ruth is trying to hold it together. Oh, man, just some of these pages, though, like this. Yeah, they're so beautiful. It it's, continues. It's the different art team, but what Jan Bezaldua has been doing in the handful of first issues, the psychedelic art, I think it might be the same color as Federico, but mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure. But I think that this layers in the trippy nature of inside Legion's mind. Yes, for sure. And this, the moment, uh, seeing Magneto and what he was doing, the hero that Legion wanted to be for everybody, he didn't need to because someone was already doing it. And then this moment between the two of them. Yeah, I think this moment is really beautiful. And this idea that some he made someone proud and then that someone died. And the idea, too, that Uranus, like, throws it in his face that, you know, he's a disappointment to his father. And right. that's sort of like the straw that breaks him in their fight. That was pretty powerful. Yeah. Magneto was right. Magneto was right. Here's something that I, I thought was funny and, and maybe you all would appreciate. I saw this page. I wrote in my notes, oh, how about a T-shirt? Magneto was right. And then we flipped the page and Legion literally says, you know, when this is all over, everybody's going to be making crap on it that says Magneto was right. T-shirts, all the things. Yeah. And I was like, oops, I'm one of those people you're talking about. Now leave me alone, space boy. I rule me. I don't need your nonsense. You passed me. Whatever. I don't care. Next issue, something monstrous this way comes. None. Where, where's your no. thumb? My thumb is up. I thought it was a good issue. Sure. I just, I wouldn't say it was my favorite issue of Legion of X. All right, that's fine. It was the most Legion issue of Legion of X. Yeah. I'll say that. I thought it was a hearty amount of Kurt as well. Warlion said, a Legion of X issue that's really good. We need to check on Psy. Like, is, oh, is he man. okay? <laughs> I'd agree. I thought it was really good. Legion on Zoom. Why doesn't Legion ever wear a shirt? I'm not complaining, just curious. He doesn't need a shirt. He's free. He's free. You know, he can't be contained by that. He's too much personality to be contained by one shirt. (laughs) Comic Extracts, some great points about Legion and his defining nature. He's not defined by his mental health, but by his relationship with fatherhood. He feels the pressure of his father's public feelings about him, the weight of of fathering those under his care in the astral plane and the fact that he finds a true father figure in Magneto this week who is proud of him and was right about that Mm -hmm. and everything. Eric judged David and finds him worthy. Yeah, I really liked that conversation of, you know, you didn't trust me when you first got here and I understand that, but I trust you. And also this idea that Legion really wanted to go continue the battle and magneto was like no we need somebody here to take care of these people right which also kind of plays into this idea that when magneto and storm are together when magneto is dying he's saying someone needs to look after charles and and he's he's essentially like knowing that he's not going to make it out of this and leaving people in places to hold down the fort yeah succession planning for the king those are our questions those are our comics oh my goodness we did it we made it tell me what is coming next week it's some good ones you'll be excited about it x-force number 33 mm-hmm. dinosaurs on the cover let's go x-men number 16 forge wearing caliban oh gosh and midnight suns number two oh, yes 
And that's it. It's just three. It's just three. I'll get Spider Man, and it's which is odd that it just came out last week. It just came out this week and is coming out again next week. But hey, I'm here for it. Wow, what are we gonna do with just three comics? Sleep. <laughs> Catch up on sleep. We're also guesting on a podcast next Thursday, and I have my first improv show next Friday. So yeah. I don't know when we're gonna actually record it. But we're gonna do it. We'll do it. We'll figure it out. It's yeah, gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Wow. I want to go watch She-Hulk. <laughs> okay. I still have to pack for our trip. Yep. Hmm. Well, on that note, thanks for hanging out with us for so long and enjoying these 16 issues. Until next time, old friend. Charles. No, I just got so sad saying that. I literally almost just started crying. Charles. I can't. Watch him. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. <laughs>